You got that rocker, MJ in the house, otherwise known as Marty Janetti. You know how we do rocking and roll, starting and strolling, and we're doing it right here on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Keep on rocking. Yeah. Theme song. Ladies and gentlemen, we are Tonight, we are going to witness the most anticipated match in the history of professional wrestling. And this is Jason is here. Dude, I, I swear to God, I'm not as big an asshole as it sounds like. <laughs> Troy is here. Hey, I call them like I see them, all right? And Taz is here. I mean, Sal is here. Well, look at it this way. It's the first thing we've done together as a team. I grab my dick, you grab your dick. You work my arm, I work your arm. Same time. Same time. It's like jerking off together, but not gay. We're not touching dicks. Each other's dicks, anyway. I'm touching my dick. Well, you're working it, and I'm loving it. Well, enough is enough! To the rundown. I am your host, the most vicious Troy. Joining me, vicious Sal. How you doing, Sal? Good. It would be Sal vicious. That would be the better way to do it. Like Sid vicious. Oh, you must not. No, you must not have seen that then. No, I did not. There's a, there's a, uh, I think it's either, it's got to be either Raw Talk or SmackDown Talk or whatever the fuck it's called. There was a segment where they were talking about where where the New Day were dressed up as Vikings. And I saw that on SmackDown, yeah. Yeah, and the chick kept going, how are you going to handle the new vicious Viking Raiders? And, And it was like every fucking time she had to refer to them as vicious viking raiders the more vicious viking raiders and it was like i got it you're trying to get over that their name now is the new vicious viking raiders which is stupid (laughs) but you know (laughs) anyway welcome everybody to another fun-filled evening of wrestling talk and um not so wrestling talk (sighs) i so it's it's well 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 established um, that that we're old and hey. <laughs> yeah I know and uh, not to mention the fact that uh, there are there are times that I am reminded of just how old I am and that would be the fact that I was far more excited that I found this app than I should be. It is an app that tracks what episode of the shows I watch I am on. Nothing wrong with that. So, right. But I was like, I was like, oh, sweet. Like, I can, I can, because let me tell you, I got a lot of shows that I watch. And since some of the shows I do for, uh, for my other podcast, it's it's difficult sometimes for me to remember. I don't I don't want to have to go back into my fucking anchor account and look at what was the most recent episode I've ever had, you know. So yeah, the thing it it will and it will tell me like, hey, this uh, this episode is is airing now or this episode is available to watch now, you know. 
but I was like, I was sitting there and I'm like, I was like, oh yeah, that's really cool. I was like, God damn, I'm excited about an app that tracks my TV watching. That's how, that's the level of lame that I have gotten to. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's that, you know, but, uh, <sighs> look, sometimes it's the little things. All right. Sometimes it's the little things that make, that make the day go by. Oh, for sure. You know, it's it, it is, but yeah. Um, speaking of shows that I watch, so um, I watched the new Bob's Burgers movie. Um, uh, me and everyone in my family are a huge fan of Bob's Burgers in our house, and I I knew that we were going to me and and my wife were going to have to watch the movie. First, before we made a decision on if we would let the kids watch or not, because it's right. like it's a movie, they're able to do a little bit more. It's not just you know. So um, we're like watching through, and there's like a mention of a penis at first, and I'm like, eh, that's nothing. Like uh, my five year old is already running around upset that I have a penis and she doesn't. You know that, that that's not that's no big deal out of it that. But then there's a, and I'm not going to get into it because it's a spoiler for whatever that, but then there's a scene where, where we both kind of looked at each other and we're like, okay, we can't let them watch this. <laughs> it's not, it's not like, terrible. It's just that the storyline sort of revolves around something where it's like, yeah, we don't need like that conversation going around our house. But we really enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. Um, the uh, Because it's a movie, you feel like they, they almost have to... Um, they, they won't do it in like the normal style of the show, you know? So like everything has more shading to it and the characters all like move around a lot more. So like there's, you can see that there's more money put into the animation and stuff like that. It's like, I don't know that I needed that. (laughs) Like the charm of the show is just the way that it looks. So it was a little bit jarring when they were suddenly just like, and I'm like, holy shit, they're moving around. And it's like, I didn't realize they didn't move around that much on the show (laughs) until you see like how much they like. And I was like, okay, but yeah. So watch that. Then, uh, started watching a show on Hulu called the bear. Um, as somebody who has who who grew up working in kitchens, worked as a as a chef for a long time, I'm usually one who will kind of gravitate towards shows that kind of revolve around those things. And The Bear is a they call it a comedy series. It's not really a comedy series. It's more more of like a drama, like kind of semi depressing show. But it's a dude who was in Shameless, um, who inherits a restaurant from his dead brother. And then he has to try to like get the thing back up to where like like restore it to its former glory kind of thing. Right. And I'm like watching the first episode, and I'm just like, either the person that wrote this worked in restaurants too, or they did their research because it is a very accurate portrayal of what it's like to work at a restaurant or, or work in the back kitchen area. Um, but it's a, it's really good. I'm only about four episodes in, um, but yeah, it was it was uh, it's been really good. And from what I've heard, the series is getting a lot of good uh, reviews and things like that. So, so I'm not, not we're not the only ones that enjoyed it. So, so what's been you, going on with you? Uh, have you ever seen the movie Waiting? Uh huh. Okay, because 
I spent a good, I think it was six years in the restaurant business on the other side of the kitchen, but at restaurants that were so small that we all did everything anyway. (laughs) Yeah. But everything that they did in that, that movie waiting pretty much happened in happened when I worked there when I was in my early 20s. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's it's funny um and like the the main character of that show um the bear he he did go to culinary school for a couple of weeks and he went he worked in a couple of kitchens too for a couple of weeks so so you could kind of understand what what he was, you know, what he's getting into and making more um you know, organic and authentic. And like I said, when you watch it, like there's, there's a cadence to calling out orders, you know, there's a, there's certain things that you do, um, you know, just saying, saying like behind when you're going to walk behind someone and things like that, you know? And so there's a lot of that where it's just like people yelling behind people yelling corner and then people yelling cousin at each other. Cause the two char- two main characters call each other cousin. It's a, but it's cause it takes place in, um, gosh, I want to, I think it's like the, the Jersey area. I think that's where it is. So it's got like a, they, they have like heavier accents. They're, they're very, they're very Italian. Um, that's not a, uh, that's not meant to be mean or anything like that. Um, hold on, let me check to be sure because I don't want to say it say it wrong here. Sorry, Chicago. It is actually Chicago. Oh, it's Chicago. Um, but it's but it's an Italian restaurant. Yeah, so and that they clearly makes are, it slightly less racist. Right, yeah, it doesn't take place in New Jersey. It takes place in Chicago, but I mean, their names are Carmen and Richie. Like they're they're Italian. You know, it's I Carmen Benzato. Like, <laughs> I swear I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, it's like they have a sister named Sugar. It's like, yeah, it's it, it's very Italian. Say Tina. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I seriously thought nice. you were going to say Tina, and I was going to be like, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, nobody was named yeah. Meadow so like a, in my in my fucking family. All right, I don't know why they gave that right. name to her. I don't, but whatever. Oh, you talk about the Sopranos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everything made sense. Like, like I looked at the Sopranos and I saw like all my uncles and shit that I grew up with, but um, except everybody was like, "Who names their daughter Meadow?" Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a there's a weird thing about that. Um, <laughs> I yeah. But yeah, like, let me let me just go ahead and, and and help you out there out here with this, okay? So okay. the the characters' names. There is a Richie Germanovich. <laughs> um, there is a Carmen Benzato, nicknamed Carmi. Uh, and there is, and lo and behold, one of the people that works in the restaurant is named Tina. <laughs> yeah. Yep, but yeah, it's a, and then there's Natalie Sugar Benzato, which is the sister. Yeah, like I said, it's it is a very good it is a very good show. It is a, one that I, I enjoy. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep watching it. There's uh, there's a bunch of other shows that I'm currently uh, you know trying to keep track of. Westworld obviously is one that we watch every Sunday yeah. once it comes out. Um, which holy hell, that this most recent episode was. Fucking bonkers. Well, I just sat um, down and done it. I'm going to do it, hopefully this weekend. I got some time this weekend. 
there was a moment. There was about twenty minutes left in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, not going. I'm not going to see any spoilers. But I was like, I'm like, uh, I told my wife, and I'm like, I think I figured out something. <laughs> She's like, Let me see if I can do it. She's like, Let me see if I can figure it out. And I was like, Okay, okay, I'll stay quiet. And then it goes, and it goes to the reveal, and I'm like, Haboom! <laughs> it's like, Yep, figured that one out. <laughs> Which. Which that show is is one that I typically do not figure out until it fucking happens. So I was I was kind of excited that I got I got something finally off of that because they're really good about fucking uh, mind fucking you. So so you say you know you can't figure it out until it happens. I say I have to go back and watch it three times to figure it out. <laughs> because some yeah. especially in the past se- the the most recent seasons they were getting really complicated. Oh for sure. Yeah, yeah. This this season has uh, has gone right back down that track of you being like, oh, what? Uh huh. And like, there's a whole. Wanna, <laughs> that's why I don't want to watch it stoned because I won't remember a goddamn thing that happened. <laughs> oh man, you really can't. Yeah. I mean, not not only because it's just a show that like could could potentially turn your trip bad, mm. just because it is kind of bonkers like that, but. Yeah. See, I, I I like to watch things. Um, if if I'm gonna get stoned, I'm gonna watch something. I tend to try to watch something that is not going to be fucking bananas, because otherwise it'll just it'll just confuse me, you know. <laughs> so I'll usually go with like a, a comedy or or something I've seen before, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I watch like some weird fucking uh, terrible zombie movie. And it was, and and I'm I was fucking high, and I'm like watching it, and I'm like, you you know you always have that moment where you're like, I know I'm high, but <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Is this yeah? Is this show, is this movie this fucking bad, right. or is it just because <laughs> you know? And uh, so I had to like go back the next morning and kind of look at some reviews, and I was like, oh no no okay, it it was that bad like. So it, the premise was terrible. Yeah. It, it's hilarious because when I was younger, because I, I didn't smoke for the longest time. I would say for about, you know, since I got married till very recently, so for like 12 years, I never, I didn't smoke. Because it was it was a point yeah. where I had smoked so much in high school and college that um, it was giving me, like, anxiety. So it was doing the opposite mm-hmm. of what I wanted it to do. So I, I didn't. And then, you know, during the pandemic and things are legal here now, all of a sudden your mindset changes a little bit. So Right. Um what I noticed is when I was younger I'd I'd watch all the stoner comedies. All the you know, mm-hmm. Cheech and Chong, I'd watch um God, what was that other one? Um God, like the bad, terrible ones, like Dude, Where's My Car, and stuff like yeah. that. But nice. now, now I find that because I got like a new, you know, I don't even know what they call it, LCD TV, right? Um, now I want to watch superhero movies on it. <laughs> nice. Like I don't know, like when I'm when I'm high, that's that's my go-to is I want to watch like a Marvel movie on my big ass TV. <laughs> Sure, man, sure. Like I said, I mean, um, like I said, normally I normally I will watch stuff I'm watching for, but it's 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 it'll, it'll be a superhero one every once in a while. It'll be I typically don't do horror. No, on, I don't if I if I'm on be, because of the fact that like 
it'll I'll I'll be jumpy yeah. sometimes on it, but same. But yeah, like uh, see, and and that was a thing for for the longest time. Obviously, um, it was just I, I was just smoking, and it's it is a completely different experience when you try edibles, you know. And if you if you've never, this is apparently we talk with uh, try and tell. I mean, <laughs> it is. What it is. <laughs> yeah, but uh, um, it was it was one of those situations where, like, now I had I had made them before, um, and. The first time I made them, I made them too strong, and it was like, it was like existential crisis strong. Right. Like, <laughs> yep. I know the and uh, and then the next time I like kind of dialed it back, and and now um, I can just buy them off of Three Chi, uh, not a sponsor, should be, mm-hmm. and it's it's legal amounts of THC, but because they have like the other like hemp extracts and CBD extracts that are legal that help accentuate the high and stuff like that you wind up getting pretty fucked up from them you know to the point to the point where you're just like this is this should not be legal in states that it's not legal you know (laughs) but uh sorry CIA guy um but yeah it was uh um like i said so now it's uh, now doing those it's like you have to be very very selective of what you watch because i i can i can smoke and watch some uh, anything and like yeah i might be a little giggly a bit sure never like that but I'll typically remember what I watched, or I'll be able to follow along with what I watch, you know. But on edibles, forget it. <laughs> so that's <laughs> you know? the thing. I, I have found that I do enjoy edibles, but only once in a while. Like, they're not my go-to, because I don't want to be fucked up for eight hours. And for some right. reason, even, like, one edible, like, hits me that hard. So I guess, I mean, I probably yeah. just have a low tolerance for it. Um, KT in the chat, uh, Doctor Strange... While um while riddled on a big TV, yeah, that is an experience. That is that's something. Strap. <laughs> I can I I can imagine because that's another one where it, there's so many colors and things like that that I feel like that'll that'll get you. Usually usually colorful shows tend yeah. to kind of like uh, um get you. <laughs> but yeah, man, like yeah, so. Anyway, uh, enough enough. We talk with oh, the. Oh, we know Astro. We know. It's time for the Bruno Bitching segment of the week. This is Professor Bruno Tomas for one for another week of me bitching around something. Um, a segment that, that is having so much tracking almost as Troy rating dicks. Uh, this week, oh, this week. Um, I will talk about something that's getting me really pissed off. So, let's go back to Money in the Bank. 
and probably to the best match of Money in the Bank. And that was the tag team match for the unified WWE Tag Team Championships between the Usos and the Street Profit, who ended in controversial decision due to the fact that uh, Montez Ford's shoulder was up during the pin. Okay, so logically this match will have a rematch on the next pay-per-view, in this case SummerSlam. But since it had a controversial decision regarding a referee decision, basically he didn't realize one of the shoulders was up, they decided to put a special guest referee. And um, who they decided to put? Well, none other than J-E-double-F. T Jeff fucking Jarrett. The guy that's probably going to put himself, trying to put himself over in the middle of the match, um, just because it's Jeff Jarrett. When you have two matches that could get absolutely fine with this piece of shit in the middle. Uh, in this case, both the Miz match versus Logan Paul and uh, Happy Corbin versus... Uh, versus... Oh, God, how is the name of the commentator? Uh, Pat McAfee, sorry. So, in the same week, I believe it's going to be the same week, Jeff Jarrett is going to probably kill Ric Flair... Oh yeah, because we're gonna have a recreation of the wrestler live because Ric Flair decided at 78 years old, almost before almost dying because of some sort of heart uh, failure or something like that, to be in a fucking match, to actually ha- be in the middle of a match that could be one of the greatest matches on the card. I don't understand. I don't understand the decision of putting Jeff Jarrett as a special guest referee in the match when you have, as an agent, on the back, guys, for example, as Von Dudley, a guy with experience in tag team wrestling. What was the experience of Jeff Jarrett in the tag team besides his short-lived tag team with Owen Hart and being a member of the Horsemen when nobody else actually care about the horseman <sighs> and I think I'm gonna make your dicko loco hard next time so anyway um, so anyway so it was another it's another week of there not being a pay-per-view there's a pay-per-view next or not this coming weekend but next weekend so our show next week We'll have the predictions for SummerSlam. So, just taking a look at the at the SummerSlam card that we've got so far, are you are you excited to watch it? No, <laughs> no. I there's so many. You know what? It's probably going to be actually pretty good. Like when I sit there and I think about it, it's like okay, mm-hmm. there's some things that's going to be a lot of fun, but. Initially, it's got so much Nashville all over it. No offense to Nashville, and it's, but it just feels so. Uh, and then you look at the matchups and you're like, I don't care. I'm mm-hmm. kind of mad that John Cena's not here. Also, what the fuck? Like, so so far, we have 
Logan Paul versus The Miz, which which I think will be an entertaining match. Um, okay, I, I don't I think know. that's staying a one-on-one, though. For, I feel like, I know he said he accepted his challenge, but because, you know, Champa came out and attacked him. Because Champa's, yeah, yeah, because Champa keeps getting in there, so you, you kind of question, like, do they... Do they pull it again where it's another tag team match? Which obviously helps Logan Paul in order to hide some of his, his inadequacies because he's not a fully trained wrestler. Right. Um so I could I could see that being like a let's let's uh, put Champa and Miz versus Logan Paul and somebody else. I don't know who that other person would be. Styles. Um Probably Styles, because he's been feuding. Yeah, probably Styles. And yeah. then you have Styles yeah. at SummerSlam, and you have a guy like Styles who can team with Logan Paul to make sure, you know, yeah. everything goes smooth. Yeah. So I, I, I will admit that that is a more appeasing prospect of than than just being Logan Paul versus The Miz, but yeah. I think that, uh, that it'll be entertaining. Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch, that one's going to be a good match. Um. Uh, yes, even if, even if we anybody, have seen it before. Anybody who was worried that this was going to be a triple threat with Carmella, no, 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 no. Guys, that's called a day program. That's your, right. <laughs> that's your TV program just to do something until the pay-per-view. Right. Carmella was not uh, going in this match, no. Right. Riddle versus uh, Seth fucking Rollins, that one's going to be tremendous. That one I'm really <laughs> looking forward to, and both guys are just mm-hmm. doing really good work right now. So that, that's yeah. really fun. Right. Uh, Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey. That match is not going to be good. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, probably not. But um, well, you know what? On, they should depends do. on how long it goes. But yeah, I was going to say they should probably. It would actually be smarter for them to keep that match a little shorter than yeah. Than you know, it just yeah. cut, like let Becky and and Bianca go twenty something minutes. Right. Yeah, uh, Usos versus Street Profits with Jeff Jarrett as a special guest referee. I don't. I dude, this feels like this feels like just a way to break up the profits, which annoys me. Yeah. Um, we had we had yet again Adam Pierce call him the Usels, which is always fucking funny. Uh, and I don't like Jeff Jarrett, so. Uh, well, you shouldn't. Uh, he's he, he's the one who's gonna give Ric Flair his last match, also in yeah. Nashville. So like. I'm yep. sorry, but that's going on in the internet right now, and then he shows up on my TV as the special guest referee, and I'm just like, Ugh. I just don't understand. Um, I, I guess we can hop over to that. So, yeah, the, the, it was announced Ric Flair will be teaming with Andrade to take on Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, which, if you're, if you're looking at it that, you're like, okay, Jeff Jarrett and Andrade. Um, sorry, uh... Ric Flair and Andrade. It makes sense. It's sure. a son-in-law. They basically did that in Mexico at a AAA event a few months ago. Right. Yeah. Um, Jay Lethal makes sense because he's got that connection with Ric Flair. Yep. Jeff Jarrett? <laughs> How does he fit into that? I'm not sure if you're aware, but they did some business on social media where a video okay, came out that, on Twitter. <laughs> and, and Jeff Jarrett okay. and Jay Lethal jumped Ric Flair in the parking lot. No, no, no. I I understand the setup for the match. No, no, no. I don't wait, understand wait. why Jeff Jarrett is in this match. <laughs> the, that's that. That's what I'm getting to, right? So, okay. Somehow, in the middle of this just atrocity on on my fucking phone, um, Jeff Jarrett goes, "I built Nashville. These are my 
Nashville training grounds or whatever the place is called. It's always belonged to the Jarretts. And I'm like, really? That's your big story? Is my father was bigger here than you were? <laughs> it's so fucking So... <laughs> so... They have a grand total of 18 matches with each other. Uh, a good amount of those on house shows, by the way. But on TV, um, you've got Jarrett beating Ric Flair by DQ to retain the U.S. title. Um, and you have Jarrett and the Harris brothers beating Ric Flair, Sid Vicious, and Terry Funk. Um, you have Ric Flair winning a... Uh, Battle Royal that also included Jeff Jarrett. So you got Ric Flair beating Jeff Jarrett for the WCW title, and then Jeff Jarrett beating Ric Flair for the WC title, and then you've got like a Dusty Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes versus Jeff Jarrett and Ric Flair is like the other one. So at least there is they they did swap the ties. They did have a feud at one oh, point oh, in time. No, no, no. Hey, I I'll, I'll tell you straight out, Jeff Jarrett is like Ric Flair's 18th best rival. All right. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's why I was like, I was like, there's, there's other people that they could. But I was gonna say, it's like, the, but you know what's fucked up? The people who would, who would make sense, all of them don't want him to do this match. All of them, I pretty, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure have come out and said like, we're not in favor of this. Ricky Steamboat. Um, yep. A Sting. <laughs> yep. Like oh, these are all people that would be makes sense for Ric Flair's final match, and they're like, no, he's like 76, he need not do this. And he had a lot of fucking health problems a couple years ago, so... For sure, yeah. What? what but I the... feel like... I like the way he went on WWE when, when he was retired by Shawn Michaels. I thought that was perfect. It was. And... And, and I guess I, I don't understand it. And... This I feel like this was the reason why uh, he had WWE fire him it was because he wanted one more match, and they were like, "Fuck no!" <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, and it's look at least it's a tag team match, so it's not. <laughs> so they they at least understand that there's going to be some limitations to this. This dude hasn't wrestled in eleven years. You know what I okay. thought of? <laughs> What's that? He was trying to do this even like almost ten years ago. Remember when Charlotte broke in and um she er, Rick was managing her? Yeah. Okay. And then her, she fought Natty for the first ever NXT women's title. And do you remember that mm-hmm. Natty was in Brett I mean Brett was in Natty's corner? Yep. Okay. Rick wanted to do <laughs> Rick wanted to do this whole angle with Brett and like fight him and stuff and Vince was like no and Brett was like no like dude I can't I can't go anymore he's like well what if we just what if we do this and then I can play you and like he's a fucking psycho he's been trying to do yeah. this for, since the minute he retired in 2008 he's been trying to find a way to get back in the ring and I look. I understand, you know. Um, at least with this, he's he is doing it because he loves wrestling. It's not a it's not a I need money thing or anything like that. He's got plenty of that, you yeah, know. But it's like the movie The Wrestler where they just don't know when to hang it. Up. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it's like for the sure. real and I, life, and, and that can be. 
Yeah, and that can be sad. And you, and you, I mean, you see with sports guys too, though. I mean, how many times do you see guys like try it, like extend out their time way past what they should? Like Peyton Manning shouldn't have been there that last year. He was there. Like he was, he was so fucking washed at that point. But there's been worse than that. I mean, there's guys that are still kicking around the G League trying to get back in there and they're shooting like two baskets a night kind of thing at that because they just don't have it anymore. Well, see, it, you know, it's so funny it's, you say that because I was just about to say, I don't think you typically see it in the NBA because once you your knees start to go and you're not as fast, your playing time goes. Like, if, if sure. you're too slow to keep up, then you're done by the time you're 37 to 38. Yeah. Do we but have guys like Vince there. Carter? Yeah. There are guys like Vince Carter. There are guys like... Um, my God, who was the other one? Oh, um, he plays on the Heat. He's still there. It's like been like twenty years. He's still on the Heat. Are you talking about uh, um, Udonis Haslam? Yes. Wasn't he yeah. on the playoff roster this year? I believe so. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Right. So yeah, I mean, uh, you are right though. I mean, that that is something that it obviously takes a point. For wrestling, you can hide a lot of a lot of those shortcomings, you know. And we talked about it last week about how um, how well that Rey Mysterio looks at a ring still. And then you look at a guy like Jeff Hardy, and in WWE they were hiding a lot of his shortcomings, like he couldn't do certain moves anymore. And he couldn't go as much as he could before. And then once he got up to the independence, they were like, no, do all your stuff. And then he got exposed as being like, oh, he's kind of washed. Well, everybody's (laughs) different, too. Because Kurt Angle was giving us amazing matches in, like, 2013, 2014. Mm -hmm. Even at that point, he was still doing amazing matches. And then by the time he got back in the WWE, it kind of, you know, all the injuries caught up to him and this whole output kind of just fell apart like, it just wasn't well, good anymore yeah well he he said it himself he, he arthritis said it yeah and exactly. then from and then, there it was like there you know you go. so you can't move when that happens yep. you know so right. exactly um and there's some and, guys and a guy who can't he can't exactly take a painkiller to fucking get right. through a match either <laughs> and there so. are some guys who are in their prime in their late 40s and they're on the roster guys like bobby lashley uh, Brock Lesnar. These guys are in their forties, their mid to late forties, and they're thriving right now. Mm-hmm. But it just depends. At some point, all those bumps are going to catch up with you. Some people, it happens sooner than others. Ric Flair has no business doing anything physical in the ring. He's had multiple surgeries, and he just had um, heart problems. And uh, didn't he have heart surgery? Yeah, he had heart surgery. He's got a pacemaker. Jesus. And he's going to wrestle. And, I mean, this is a guy that, what, back in the 80s, he had that plane crash that fucked his back up, where he can't, he can barely take fucking bump, bumps on his back anymore. And he's going to get in there and take him to the side. <laughs> he used to take him to the side, or he would do the face, face plant. Face plant, yep. You know. And so, that, was, yeah. that was in the 90s. Now it, we're almost 30, 40 years later. Yeah. I... Uh, Am I going to watch it? No, I'll watch some highlights if there's something stupid that happens. But I'm not. I'm not going to go out of my way to watch it. Um, I guess. I guess I was a little surprised that it's not taking place in Charlotte, considering that that is Flair country. Right. Where, but I. I know he's from Memphis, but you know, right. He's never. He's not somebody that you think of when you think Memphis wrestling. It's 
Jeff Jarrett, Jerry Jarrett, and Jerry Lawler. Right. You know, you think of Ric Flair, you think of Charlotte. They you all know? it fucking named his daughter after after well, the, the thing, WWE. For you know? him, yes. For Jim Crockett and his family, it's it's Tennessee. You right. know? Yeah. So that's the thing. That's where we're doing this. It's a Jim Crockett promotions. Right. Know, fucking. Yeah. No, fake I get that promotion, but um. <laughs> the uh, the other thing is. <laughs> I don't know when it's happening, and I'd rather find out that it happened and, and like, the day or two later and be like, oh, good. I didn't get any notifications that legendary wrestler Ric Flair died today. Right. Because I don't want to know. <laughs> like, I don't even want to know when it's happening. Um, but anyway, we were talking about SummerSlam in the card. We were. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to look up really quickly... Um, to see what the actual date of it was. Um, it's got to be around the time of SummerSlam, I would assume. Probably trying to mooch off that show. I mean, it's smart business. Uh, July 31st. So it's the day after SummerSlam. Yeah. Yep, it is the day after SummerSlam. He's hoping uh, all the all those WWE guys will come out and see it. Well, you know, the uh, I'm sure. The, so the rest of the card, again, we're going to go over the but the rest of the card that they have is actually pretty good. Josh Alexander versus Jacob Fatu for the Impact World Championship. Jordan Grace versus Rachel Ellering versus Deanna Peraza for the Impact Knockout Title. Motor City Machine Guns versus the Wolves. Killer oh, Cross versus Davy Boy Smith Jr. Yeah, they actually yeah they're getting them back together for it. That's cool. Uh, Killer Cross versus Davy Boy Smith Jr. Okay. Ray Fenix versus Laredo Kid versus Black Taurus versus Bandito. That should be fun. Uh, the Briscoes versus the New Von Erics. Uh, Clark Connors versus Ren Norita. Ricky and Kerry Morton versus Brock Anderson and Brian Pillman. So it's like a. <laughs> it's like the uh, children of wrestlers. Yeah, the Rock and Roll Express versus the Horsemen. Pretty much. But they're children. Uh, they, <laughs> We're going to fight yeah. forever. You weren't kidding. <laughs> right. And then there's another uh, Bunkhouse Battle Royal with Bully Ray and a bunch of other people involved. So it's a, it, it is actually like a good card. Right. But, yeah. So. But back to the SummerSlam card. Back to the SummerSlam card. So, um, Bobby Lashley versus Theory for the United States Championship. Now, see, that one's interesting to me because in the past, they've made the Money in the Bank with, uh, briefcase winner lose a bunch. Sometimes they lost right. for months before they would uh, yeah. cash in. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know where the story is going, but um, I think Lashley. I, mean, I know this is a prediction, but I'm just saying I think that should be a good match, though. Yeah. Um, there's also the Dolph Ziggler thing kind of hanging over this, too, sure. where you know he's probably going to get involved with it. And then you have the question of, like, we have the champion here for the night. So do you have Theory Cash in? Do you have it be... Where he loses to Lashley, or you know, uh, Dolph costs him, or is it a case of like he cashes in and then Dolph is his first feud? 
You know, there's a lot of a lot of ways that they can go with it. So I'll give them that. Yeah, that one is um, interesting because you don't know. Given everything that's happened in the past yeah. few months, you don't. They can go in a lot of different directions. Yeah. So then you have Pat McAfee versus Happy Corgan Corbin. Billy Corgan's gonna fight him. <laughs> Man, Happy Corbin. Yeah. Um, it, I just. Yeah, I mean, people love McAfee. Crowd will pop, so. Yeah. Uh, then Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. In a last man standing match. Did they... And uh, They haven't announced it yet, but there's talk of Shinsuke versus Gunther. I can see that. For Which sure. That's fine. Um, yeah, there's a, good, there's a chance to get the New Day versus Viking Raiders uh, somewhere on here as well, or maybe on the pre-show, because they've been kind of building up to that. Um since they don't have any, since the tag team champs are already booked, you know. Um, and both of those can be booked this Friday night, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure, yep. Um, well, you know, we, yeah, we we have two more shows before this goes for SmackDown and one more show for Raw, so. Right. Um, so, yeah, to, for this Friday on SmackDown would be a perfect time to book those two matches. Mm-hmm, yeah. So we'll see. So, um Again, I, I kind of brought it up with Logan Paul. Um, his his promo with the Miz, I thought was okay. It it started stronger than it finished, um, and I feel like it's because it started with more Logan Paul's voice of being cocky asshole but who also is a face for some reason uh, then it turned into Vince talk and it was you got tiny balls I don't have tiny balls I got massive balls I like your balls let me lick your balls put your balls in my mouth like that that's what it turned to me where I was just like ah. yep I can see who wrote that <laughs> it's a couple things here though because like you said Logan Paul the baby face coming out there and not only saying just like the wrong things but saying them like he's reading off a cue card like Miz do you accept my challenge like, yeah. and I'm just like he's not an actor don't make him do that oh that's the thing is we talked about it before he's such a better natural heel right but I guess this was their compromise in order to get him to work for him was that he's like, no, I want to come back as a good guy, which I which I understand because the guy's got a ton of negative press around him, so he, I'm sure he wants to try to get cheered by the crowd instead. But yeah, like I said, I mean the 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 wrestling ability is definitely there. Um, the the natural charisma is there. It's just that. They, they tried to fit him into a box in this promo, and it didn't work. I agree. And, um... <laughs> and speaking of guys they tried to fit into a box that didn't work, Dominic had a promo time, too, which was just as awful as he thought it would be. They did look, Dominic Ray has, on this episode. They made Ray him has look... never been... Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. They exposed everything that this kid has no idea how to do yet. 
and they just put it all out there. Like, I don't know if they thought maybe, like, sink or swim, kid, time to try, but, like, (laughs) all right, all right, I'll join the Judgment Day. (laughs) Yeah. In the most, like, non-convincing, like, non-panicked way possible. And then later when he's cutting the promo with Ray and he's like, see, you don't understand that we're the Mysterios. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I mean. (laughs) Judgment Day, you tried to make me join your team. (laughs) But people don't know that the Mysterios... He sounds like the kid at the library asking for a book. Like, it's... Library, first of all, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But why? Why is he, like... Talk about... He has no presence. He has no confidence. He has no delivery. And he's not supposed to. He's, like, 24 years old, and he barely... And like you said, his father wasn't a good talker, so... Yeah. Oh my god, they throw these kids out there like that, and it's like, yes, there's Austin Theory. But for every Austin Theory, there's like five people like that, like Tom and Hank. Right. Especially in front of the camera. It's not easy. I I bet you anything. I think we talked about this. You could take ten students out of wrestling school, and you could teach all ten of them the moves. And there's something mm-hmm. to be able to execute it perfectly. But only about two out of those ten will be able to be captivating and entertaining. And this is and this is where it kind of gets to where you have these people who who will tell you like, oh, this guy's a great wrestler, this guy's a great wrestler, and it's like, yeah, Cesaro or Claudio Castanoli, yeah, he's a great wrestler, but again, he can't cut a promo, and that's the issue with him. You know, it's like nobody, nobody ever questioned his wrestling ability. You know, Will Will Ocean Spray is a very talented wrestler, but the guy is boring as a fucking queef. Like he's just nothing. You know, so that and that's where you kind of get to this. Like, yeah, if if the IWC had their way, like Drew Gulak would be champion right now, and it would be the most boring shit ever because he's not that good. You know. It's like, is he a great wrestler? Sure, but does he is he like a guy that you can build an entire show around? Like, no, you can't. So, well, see, that's yeah. the other thing too. There is a difference between having charisma and having likability and having a presence. And I think if you have a presence, you know, like, look, Omas is going to have a job for a while. Because he's fucking seven foot five and four hundred and something pounds. But even beyond that, more than Kali, more than than uh, anybody else they've brought in, Omas has a fucking presence that he could break you in half. Yeah. And I think that goes yeah. a long way. Even though he can't talk yet, this could keep him around for a little bit. Right. And. If you if you book guys right, they don't need to be able to talk, right. but they need to have a mouthpiece set. Like Brock can't cut promos, really, but <laughs> does he have a presence about him? Sure. When Brock Lesnar comes out, you're like that motherfucker could tear a person in half. You know, he's got not only because of the fact that he's been in the MMA and you've watched him beat the fuck out of people, but because he's always been that way. He's got that look to him. You know, if. 
you've you've got a guy like Orange Cassidy who comes out who doesn't have that big figure who's totally aloof on things, and when he does promos, they're lazy. You're like, why do I give a fuck about this guy? You know, right. if you but if you had somebody be his mouthpiece and sell him, like if you you know, then then you have something going there. But you need to do that with certain people. That's why. That's why right now you've got Wheeler Uterus, you know, as part of the the uh, big black hawks is because of the fact that he can't talk. He can can he wrestle? Sure, he can wrestle. But yeah, you need somebody who can cut a promo. So that's why you got William Regal as his mouthpiece. You know. But that's what I yeah. think where we started with this. They asked Dominic to do too much this week, and he can't handle. Yeah. It. He's just not there. <laughs> I mean, it's not exactly an easy thing to do either. Just ask Liv Morgan. But <laughs> um, I'm kidding. Liv is fine. She's not as well, bad and as Liv is a, thinks she is. And and Liv is another one of those people that we've talked about before about the fact that she's not great on the mic. She is she's good in the ring, but she probably will never develop that. You know, she's very young. She's got a got a career ahead of her, but you do sort of feel like right now she's getting pumped up. The fans are behind her. She's got a great babyface story, but like eventually that's going to run its course, and you and you kind kind of feel like she might be like a a another one of those one time champions who then just kind of flirts around in the background. You know, um, I, obviously we hope not because uh, I like her, but I also look at it as and go. Of the potential challengers out there, she, there's most of the people I'd rather see champion than her right now. You know, like Rhea should have a belt on her again. You know, right. well, um, Bianca. I'm. Ha- so I think that was. The yeah, thing. yeah. No, Bianca's so, great. Yeah. Um. So here's the thing. What I thought what they did with Liv on Friday night was smart because they kept their promo very short and she just kind of baby-faced it up. And, you know, they didn't make her do a lot of, like, heavy lifting like they made Dominic do. Um, right. So if they keep her in that uh, corner for the next week or two episodes of SmackDown, then we're good. And we're off to the races at SummerSlam. But that's that's the thing. At some point, she is going to have to... Make an adjustment, because this ain't going to last. We've seen right. how quickly baby faces like that flame out. So uh, when it comes time to make that adjustment, we'll see if she can or not. Which, like, her being her being like the underdog hero, it, like you said, it, it, it is working right now. But eventually, even with a guy like Brian Danielson, that sort of ran its course, and he had to turn heel. He did a great, he did a great job, of course, but it, it sustained him for another run, you know, as, as a heel. And he did a, a fantastic job. I don't know that she can pull off being a heel. I mean, we'll see, but you know, and the, and the sad thing about her too was I felt like her, when she was doing that, like I'm in a bathtub, come fucking finger me <laughs> stuff that she was doing for a little bit there. I felt like that was, probably the most compelling she was <clears throat> at, at, at during her career so far, which isn't great, but at least, like, I don't know, that came, came a little bit more naturally to, to her than I feel like this, like, you know, 
and and I I know that she's kind of like a this is more in line with who she actually is, you know. She she's always been kind of that like kind of girl next doorish kind of thing, but she was a former Hooters girl and things like that. Like she can pull off like the sexy stuff. Um and obviously her attire <laughs> tells you everything you need to know that like she is still using that. Of course. But it's, she's she's just not as as outwardly as like if she was in the next team. <laughs> Here's the thing. Um, do you remember what the payoff was to the bad sub storyline? Wasn't that the, the she's a lesbian with Lana thing? Yeah. Or was that something else? Yeah. No, okay. It had nothing to do with, with the bad sub or the creepy promos or she's going to be the new sister Abigail. No, no, no. They completely forgot about that bad sub character mm-hmm. and they were just like, just come to the wedding and it will be funny. Yeah, it'll be. You're a lesbian now. It's hilarious. For like a week, because then they never talked about it again. Right. I mean, you know. Astro's true. Go find the promos on YouTube. (laughs) Um, Uh, Also, uh, staying with the women. You say, I'm sorry, did you figure me in the bathtub? Yes. Yes. Um, (laughs) Staying with the women. That six woman tag, man, that was. Oh no, that was awful. Why did we do that? So there there's there's two parts to this. One, I do appreciate if you're going to do the twenty four seven title changes, that you at least do them on people that are not legal. So so because otherwise the match would have ended. So I I, I appreciate that that they were like, make sure Asuka is legal and that she doesn't get involved with any of this because then the match can't end. So I I, I'm like, I respect that. You're actually paying attention to the rules. The other aspect of it is, I'm not always a fan of, and they did this, did this with the hardcore title too, where the guy who enters the night as champion ends the night as champion, but there's a bunch of changes in between. To to me, it's just like, why are we bothering? Like, I hate, you know, I hate it personally because it's so lazy. It's so yeah. lazy. <laughs> Like, I, let, like, I mean, let one was, of the random people hold it for, like, a couple weeks. Like, why? That's what I'm saying, is, like, Dana Brooke has now become the R-Truth of this, where mm-hmm. she just continues to get the title back at the end of it. But it was, like, it was it was funny that Alexa got the title and was, like, super pumped for it, and that it was Nikki uh, ass that wound up taking it from her, which, obviously, the, the history there. Like, they, they, they did, they tried... I, I'll give them credit. They tried to like kind of make that a cohesive storyline through, and then obviously Tamina got involved. So you do give them kind of uh, a little bit of a bump in title reigns, even if it is just the twenty four seven title. But you know, I the people running around and tearing their hair out because Alexa Bliss is now chasing. Like first of all, she's not chasing the twenty four seven title. She just won it for five seconds in the middle of a match, and that you know that's not burying her because of the fact like. When they when they're trying to do things with the twenty four seven title, it's because they're trying to elevate it a little bit. So it's not burying someone to have them go for it. It's them using that person's star power to try to get the thing over a little bit more. And again, it was five seconds in a segment for a title that was also held by a Lundra Blaze. Like so, it doesn't really matter. And <laughs> you know, like it it doesn't really matter. No, Just, no, no. That, it's that's it's a thing. comedy thing. I know it doesn't... For me, I didn't give a shit about, like, oh, I can't believe they made a look... No, that that wasn't my gripe. My gripe was that this was another example, and we'd, we would see this throughout Raw, 
of them 100% mailing in this episode. Yeah. Um, there was one point where the, a scheduled match between Angelo Dawkins and Omas ended in a DQ. So, uh, the fuck's his name? Uh, Adam Pierce came out there and decided to make it a tag match, and then that ended in a DQ. Like, we were lazy, and then I found out why, because next week's going to be in the garden. Oh, of course. Yep. Fucking Monday Night Raw, Madison Square Garden. That's going to be a that's gonna be a great episode, but this episode's going to be absolute dog shit. Well, yeah, and, yeah, like you said, I mean, the, the having the having the multiple DQs and stuff like that, it, and then following it up with a count-out victory, too. Not the best to have that like entire block there, and then to have your main event have all the shenanigans in the middle of it. Yeah, it was a mess. It was a mess. Um, I guess uh, I wish someone would tell us what's going on with Kevin Owens, because I guess Ezekiel is now facing Seth Rollins, <laughs> which I, I, I also Kevin Owens was totally doing that so Seth could jump Riddle, right? Like that whole... Right. Okay. Yeah. Because so, when he uh, said bro yeah. KO, I, I mean, I, I'd be there for that. Right. <laughs> for sure. Um, but it's like, I, I don't know if he's if he's currently hurt, and, and they're just kind of, you know, trying to, trying to keep, string him along until he's healthy to do it or what, but it, it seems like this is not the original plan for it and then him missing the show obviously last week it's like you kind of feel like did he miss that show because he had to go get himself checked out you know like his because he might have been hurt kind of thing so i don't know i hope not um he might and be of course dealing I with also, something man because just just by the way like you said he wasn't on the show and then his usage this week was about as minimal as you can get mm-hmm. physically Yep. Like he didn't yeah, even he run. Sat a chair. Like, no, but right. he didn't even like run when Seth got in the ring. He like slowly walked out. So yeah, they mm-hmm. could be dealing with something. Yeah, and it worries me, and and that sucks because you know he's he's been doing so good with everything that they give him. You know, he is he is that guy that whatever they give him, he's going to make it amazing. You know, or at least try to make it as good as possible. So, and his last match was against Ezekiel, I think, right? Yeah, and it was like the week before he was supposed to do the qualifying match for the Money in the Bank. Yeah, and then that just kind of went away. So, yeah, I'm not sure what's going on with him, but hopefully he's okay. Um, What else do I want to talk about? Um... Oh, it's it's very apparent that we are two months away from the next AEW pay per view mm-hmm. because we have we have gotten into spinning of the wheels. No, no, and... no, no, no. This, this is Fighter Fest. These are dream <laughs> matches, like sixty of them for two straight weeks. And you know, like I'm. If you're going to do special events like that, then you typically can make feuds for that. 
and it seems like so much is on hold or so much is just kind of getting thrown together because we know all out's coming out and it's like well we're we're not going to take two months to build the pay-per-view so we have to do something in it but we also need to keep the people the players like kind of intertwined with each other yeah here's the problem it's not great in in Half of it's their fault, half of it's not. Because right. you got to figure a lot of the people who are injured right now were supposed to be a big part of All Out. Punk, right. Daniel Bryan, Adam Cole, like, I'm assuming these guys are going to be involved pretty heavily in All Out. Obviously Punk. But, yeah, I, not knowing when they're going to be coming back, it seems that everything is kind of in flux right now. Mm-hmm. So we have... Um, for Wednesday for Fighter Fest. Oh, and now, uh, we now have... we're going to that part of uh, <laughs> bag of tricks where it's a bloodbath on on Wednesday night. It's gonna be a fucking bloodbath. Yeah. So obviously the the main main event is gonna be the barbed wire death match. Which, if you recall, the last time they did a barbed wire death match, things didn't go very well. Uh, 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 this is a barbed wire. Everywhere match. Right. Oh, and the rest of the Jericho uh, ass society will be uh, in a shark cage above it because Shark Week. It's Shark Week. <laughs> <laughs> and guess who owns Discovery and also owns TNT and TBS? Turner. Yeah, that's right. And so it's Kingston versus Chris Jericho, and Chris Jericho is breaking out the Painmaker gimmick, which only he thinks is entertaining. The Painmaker gimmick, where I, where I wear makeup like Clockwork Orange, and I have a spiky coat. <laughs> it's it's not just that; it's literally that he made this up in his battle with Okada because yeah, the he's rain the Rainmaker. Yep, I know. <laughs> and now he's just continued to do it, and you're just like. Why it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, why are you still doing this? Well, it's well, you know, <laughs> um, anytime that somebody gets a uh, a nickname that's for spe- a specific feud, it's always cringy when they keep it after that feud. Like, do you remember yeah. when Seth was the um, the Kingslayer? Right, but like. For like a year and a half after he fought on her. <laughs> then again, they still call Anna Jay the Queen Slayer, and nobody right. even remembers who the fuck that was about. It was about Brandy. But still. Right. <laughs> nobody else remembers. <laughs> right. Um, Astro with the gushing blood for three hours straight. You might want to see a doctor if you're gushing blood for three hours straight, or it's just that time of the month. Uh, so then we have another dream match: Brody King versus Darby Allen. I like how Darby <sighs> Allen's a little. Um, no, I'm sorry. I like how Brody King, coming off of a, a world title shot, is a little bitch now who gets taken out by like a 70 pound child jumping off the stage. And at least, at least this is a match that has taken place on the Independence before. Yes, Brody King versus Darby Allen. Like they have a history with each other. Now, if the the same people that are like, oh, I can't believe WWE doesn't acknowledge that other wrestling exists out there, this is why. Because AEW does, and they expect you to think that Brody King versus Darby Allen is important, 
but most people have not seen their feud from before, you know. Uh, the Varsity Dicks versus Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. I mean, come on. The best friends versus uh, Big Black Hawk, Moxie, and, and Wheeler Uterus. Uh, I mean, come on, you know who's going to win that? Wait, wait, um, I'm sorry. The best friends are fighting Moxley and Wheeler Uta. Yes. Why? <laughs> wait a minute. Good question. Wasn't fucking Trent Beretta just teaming with uh, his his partner in Rapungi Vice? Like, what the fuck? Are we done well, with that now? He went back to Japan. Oh, he went back God. to Japan. So now, now Chucky e. T can wrestle all of a sudden. <laughs> it's gonna get replaced before the match even starts. No, I don't know, but it, I don't care. That's that they've made me actually not give a shit about Tramp Retta and, and and Chuck Taylor and the best friends, and that's by their booking. So, because I thought they were okay when when AEW first started. And now I mm-hmm. could care less. But anyway, um, Billy Gunn was mentioned oh, yeah, in what? the chat. Oh yeah, <laughs> we do. We do have one more match, but uh, go go ahead. <laughs> what did you think about? Did you see that promo he cut? The scissor me daddy ass thing. Yeah. Yes. So first of all, I don't know if I like the acclaimed being babyface. I guess you could say it happened naturally. Yeah. They were getting over, but it's the fucking gun club. Or oh, excuse me, the ass boys. Oh. Yeah. Who are not good. They're like thirty percent of what Billy and Chuck were. Yeah. I I still maintain that Billy and Chuck were a good tag team. They just had a bad gimmick. But yeah. I mean, um okay. and then <laughs> Very Yeah. In a random, let's just throw people together match. Oh, AEW loves Chris, those. Chris Statlander, Athena, and Willow Nightingale take on Jade Cargill, Kiera Hogan, and Layla Gray. No, that's not that. To be fair, that that's that, all of that actually makes sense. It makes sense that Jade Cargill ditched one of her black ladies for a different one. To be fair, <laughs> Red Velvet is hurt, and uh, for the past couple weeks, and I know it's been mostly on Rampage, for the past couple weeks, Stokely Hathaway has been trying to convince Jade to let, um, what's her name again? Layla Gray. To let Layla Gray be a baddie, and Jade and Kira Hogan are like, no, and Stokely Hathaway is like, please, so it kind of makes sense. Sure. Now explain to be Chris Statlander, Athena, and Willow Nightingale. They've been going against <laughs> Jade. They've been doing that for the past couple months. They've all, like, had uh, an issue with her. She beat Willow Nightingale, and then the baddies laid a beating on her so that Athena and Statlander came out to save her. This is, uh, if you've ever played GM mode... Uh, on a wrestling game, or if you ever played any of like the TW things or that, this is that thing where you're like, I want, I need to to get a couple people to have a couple more overness points, um, so I need to have them win a match against somebody. And the best way to do that, since I don't have a lot of space on the card, is 
Six person tag match. Oh, and you're not wrong. just throw three <laughs> just throw three random people over there so they can beat them because I don't care about them and they get a little elevated off of it. Well, like you said, we are stalling until we get to the build for all out, so Yeah. So, the, so I'm assuming so the first... it's either gonna be Statlander versus Jade at all out or or do you do Athena versus Jade at all out? I mean I I feel like Athena is the way you're going. So you you literally had a the TNT title um, be defended at night night one of Fighter Fest, and the tag team championships get claimed by a new team. And week two you have zero titles in a line. Womp womp. <laughs> you want to, you want to talk about not evenly booking it, right? Like they front loaded. If you're it trying desperate to, to get over a million, they didn't get over a million, and now they're not even going to get over nine hundred k. So I don't I don't think that that uh, Jericho is the draw. They still think he is. Oh, I was going to say, or they think Jericho is going to draw big. I think I think that the I do believe. That in Tony's coke fueled mind, he goes, people are going to look at this and go, Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho. Well, that's a great match. I want to see that. And they go, oh, it's a barbed wire death match. Holy shit, I need to watch that. Like, forgetting the fact that Chris Jericho versus that dude who robbed a bank wound up, like, really hurting their image and really hurting their ratings, they're going to now try to do... Hey, remember when Eddie Kingston sat there and sold sparklers? Well, guess what? Now he's in the match. <laughs> this one doesn't have explosions. Um, so here's something scary, though. If AEW does horrible in the ratings this week after promoting the shit out of Jericho versus Kingston, then maybe... It, you know, they'll stop booking these type of matches. But what if they do just a little bit better than last week? What if they get, like, 970, and that's going to make Tony Khan be like, See? They love death matches! Like, I am not looking forward to that. Well, I think that that, that already happened when they had the um, not-quite-hell-in-a-cell match. And they, sure. that's when they, they finally got over 1 million was that match. I think that that made him go, oh shit, that is working. Look, look, it is working. I gotta, I gotta do another one of those. So he does night one and he front loads it with these title matches and like these, hey, uh, remember that fucking, uh, really racist tag team that WWE had? Well, they're gonna face each other and that's gonna be a dream match and, and we're gonna have John Moxley and, and, uh, take a shit on my chest and, and that's going to be a fucking great match, and Wardle's going to be there, Like, and the Bucks are going to be there. That one's going to be good. What do we do for the, for the next week to pop a rating? I know. Let's just throw some fucking blood at it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, okay. Actually, you mentioned the Bucks, and I got to say that last week I was very concerned that they were going to hold those titles until All Out and have some type of winner-take-all match against uh, FTR. And they still might, because there's still time. But for yeah. now, the Bucks dropped the belts. Thank fucking God. And they dropped it to Swerve in My Glory, which is acceptable. 
and it got the babyface reaction they wanted. Look, I'm a huge fan of Ricky Starks, huge fan of Powerhouse Hobbs, and I think that they have not been given the opportunities to shine. Um, and I right. think those two could really be made into huge stars. But I am happy that at least they gave Keith Lee and Swerve something. So. Yeah. I mean, so far. It hasn't been great for Mr. Lee. Uh, and Swerve is in that same kind of boat. And, man, yeah, like, I again, I was kind of a, of two minds on this, because obviously I like Keith Lee and I like Swerve. Um, and I, I, I mean, I, I was happy that the Bucks dropped the belt. Um, so don't get me wrong on that, but I felt like put it put it on the two guys that have been there that have been been busting their ass since day one, in Hobbs and Shaw, and <laughs> and give them a run with the belts because you're not doing anything else with them, even though they are they by all accounts should be your future mm-hmm. or your present, you know. Yeah, they're that good. And especially Starks, he's yeah, got, he's got everything you need, so. Yeah, like I said, if these guys were in NXT, Starks would be like getting the Carmelo Hayes booking, and Powerhouse Hobbs would be right there as just this big fucking monster. You know, they would be important, and they don't feel important because they lose all the time. Uh, KT on the side says, does the match against Brody versus Darby stay one-on-one, or do Sting and Malachi... Uh, get involved. I, I, that's probably uh, the match it all out. It's probably Sting and Darby versus uh, the Kings of the Black Throne, a.k.a. the House of Black, a.k.a. they have four names. <laughs> right. Um, the whole House of Black is weird. Ever since Julius showed up, I haven't seen Buddy Murphy. I think they lost him. I think they forgot what they put where they put him or something. Um, yeah. For sure. Or they deported him back to Australia. I don't know. You tell me. He's not there, and that's concerning to me. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't particularly like how they've how they've booked the House of Black. Um, now, one thing I did find out is that Pack is traveling around the UK defending that All Atlantic title, um, which is kind of what I figured that he was. Okay, good. Now we don't have to put him on TV. He can be over there. <laughs> Which, you know what? I'm sure whatever promotion he's, he's working over there, they're eating it up because they get to see Pac. So, good for them. I'm sure that's going to help them draw, to be honest. Especially in England. Yeah. I don't have a big problem with them, you know, having pack overseas and and kind of spread the AEW name. That makes sense, you know. Um, And it being the Mid-Atlantic title or whatever like that, like, yeah, it's fine. (laughs) And for a guy that you're like, ah, we're not going to get him as much over here in the States as we want to, by all means, like, go ahead and give him a title belt that he can take overseas there. Make make it, you know, carry it around to the fucking ICW events and stuff like that over there and, and, you know, do that. 
I mean, probably don't try to pretend that when he does come back, that uh, that it's an important thing. But yeah, no, you're not kidding. Um, so yeah, your brand new baby face in their mind, super over uh, TNT champion takes on Orange Cassidy, a guy who's also got a little bit of a cult following. Um, I don't. I didn't like this being booked at all. I thought it was dumb. You have you have Wardlow that while he doesn't have wins over guys like Jericho or Cody, completely fucking dominated those matches yep. and got fucked over and to punk. to lose. Punk too. Yep, and Punk too. Yep. So yeah. So when you have a match that goes. For I mean, yeah, it was eleven minutes, so it wasn't an incredibly long match. Yeah, but it was eleven minutes where it was like fifty-fifty. Like, what the fuck? And I understand Warlow show power at the end, but I I couldn't believe Cassidy yeah. got that much offense in. Yeah, too much offense. Like you can you can do it where like Cassidy runs away from him and stuff like that, to then like maybe chops him down from behind and then starts wailing on him. But when you have it, them standing face to face, and Cassidy is doing offense on him, that's the problem. Yeah, that's where you're like, you're like, why isn't this guy obliterating this fucking twink? You know. And that also annoyed but, me that Cassidy did things to bring uh, Wardlow down. Like I think he did like a missile drop kick or something. And no, no, mm-hmm. it wasn't even a missile drop kick. It was like a regular drop kick. And I'm like, no, yeah. no, Wardlow should not be going down to that. Yeah, but whatever. Yeah, I mean. This is this is the the problem that we've seen with AEW though is that they they have an issue with what happens after they win the titles. Mm. And first of all, it was it was odd as fuck to put your new face champion against one of your top face uh, face workers in the business in in your company in the first place. Yep, that's like it's just the booking on that was fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because just. It, I understand if you want to fill some time or like that, but then just make it two patches. You know, but if you wanted to get Orange Cassidy on the card, you could add him against somebody else. And if you wanted to make Wardlow look strong, then just have him beat the ever-loving piss out of somebody. You know, mm-hmm. I understand you already had Luchasaurus beat the ever-loving piss out of Griff's Garrison in fucking two minutes, so maybe you don't want two squash matches on your show. Then just don't book that way. Right. You know, book Wardlow for week two. And have him face off against fucking Twink and beat the living piss out of him, you know? No, yeah, I agree. I don't know. And the, the thing is, um, Wardlow's a big, powerful, you know, dude. He's, he's got a lot of explosiveness. You can put him against somebody like Bear Bronson and it gets it over. You know what I mean? You can... It, right. it, it gets Wardlow over. I mean, you can put him against someone like the fucking Butcher. Like, is it going to be a good match? No, I don't want to see a good match. I want to see Domination, and I want to see the Powerbomb Symphony. That's yeah. your money with Wardlow, so why would you go away from that? Yeah. It is It is rather funny that with AW, we mentioned the injury bug that has hit them. Uh, well, I, I shouldn't call it an injury bug. I, we, should, we should call it like it is. The injuries that have happened because of their sloppy shop. Um, and the fact that now you're starting to get those the those fans that told us for 
the past three years, how deep AEW's roster is and how everyone is fucking great and stuff like that, to then make excuses for why the ratings aren't as good or why the booking isn't as good is because they've got a bunch of injuries. It's like, well, you guys told us that right. they could withstand these injuries because everybody was great and all the All Elite guys are fucking all amazing. Like, yeah, what's, uh, what's going on with that? And it's a, it's a weekly occurrence now. It is weekly that we're hearing about somebody getting hurt, mm-hmm. which is kind of what we have, have been worried about for a long time. You've got... And it's a lot of hearing about it from either the person themselves to be like, yeah, I'm not booked right now because I'm hurt. Or it's weird, like backtracking on, Oh, well he hasn't been on for a month because he's been hurt this whole time, which I don't know, which to me is just like, has he been, or did you just not book him? (laughs) I think it's like, it's, it's almost painfully obvious who is hurt and who really isn't. Yeah. You know, like, you know Daniel Bryan's hurt or Brian Danielson, and it sucks. Um, yeah. Guarantee you Punk's hurt because they wanted to cash in on that. Otherwise, they wouldn't well, have put we, the belt well, on him. Well, we saw him hurt himself. Right. And then, obviously, Adam Cole is hurt. Obviously, um... Oh, who's the other big fucking name? Oh, Kenny. Well, yeah, Kenny's hurt. Yeah. So... <laughs> The guys like, um, I don't know, like the Dark Order. Yeah, they're not hurt. They're not hurt. Evil right. Uno's not hurt. Uh, other people that you don't see on your TV, people like Rio, they're not hurt. They just have nothing right. for them, and they have no TV time for them. Yeah. So, so here you go. This is this is what I have culled from from Wikipedia. All right, Adam Cole. Concussion shoulder injury, um, which of course we know, know that. This week, Tony Khan said that Andrade has been hurt, and that's why he hasn't been booked the past month. But he is booked for a match in a week, and Ric Flair's last match. So, why isn't he on this week on your show? Anyway, uh, <laughs> you've got Brian Danielson in active concussion. You have CM Punk, inactive broken foot. Darius Martin, inactive neck arm injury. Uh, Jeff Hardy, inactive suspended. Jungle Boy, inactive unknown injury. That one's strong. Kenny Omega. Yeah. Uh, Kenny Omega, inactive multiple injuries. Kip Sabian, inactive arm injury. Since For the past two years. (laughs) Kyle O'Reilly, in, inactive, unknown injury. That one we know is real. We also know, even though it's not listed here, um, that Bobby Fish is also hurt, but he yes. is expected back sooner. And you've got... Where is it? Uh, the Bunny, inactive, unknown injury. Also Red Velvet. Uh, Red Velvet, inactive, unknown injury. Penelope Ford, inactive, unknown injury. Layla Hirsch, an active knee injury. That's a lot of injuries. And those are just the ones that are reported here. You also have Matt Jackson now, who has a stinger, yep. which we found out about. Mm-hmm. That happened during that match. And, yep. You have... Uh, I mean, Cole Cabana's listed here, but he's not a wrestler anymore. <laughs> I know. 
Oh, just wait and... till uh, wait till this Wednesday when Eddie Kingston has a slightly severed spinal cord. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. It's only going to get worse. Uh, Jonathan Gresham is just listed as not reaching height requirements. Oh. Um, and <laughs> you must be this tall to wrestle on Dynamite. Yes. <laughs> KT says, what, the company that's run by a cokehead or run by the boys and no no guy with and with no wellness policy has a string of injuries? I know, I know right? KT. I'm as shocked as you are. Right? <laughs> Especially with their safe style. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the yeah. way, uh, yes, I don't know where they've booked Claudio Castagnoli against uh, Jonathan Gresham for the ROH World title. Yeah. So the so the company that also prides itself on not letting any spoilers out had two things that they were directly responsible for that they wound up spoiling. Mm-hmm. One was they put out a poster for All Out that had not only CM Punk on there with a title, which you're like, okay, I mean, you're trying to sell the pay-per-view. And it's in Chicago, I get that. Yeah, and it's in Chicago, I get that. I mean, you you might be spoiling the main event there by having the two of them there, but you had Swerve in, in My Glory with the tag titles on their shoulders released two hours before the event started on this poster. They did, that's what happens. So of course, so of course, everyone's like, "Well, I guess I know what's happening there." <laughs> but then, on top of that, then you had uh, a taping of Dark happen, and of course, we know like everyone signs an NDA, so nobody's allowed to talk about it. But of course, there's fans in attendance, so you know they're going to talk about it. Jonathan Gresham came walking out for a match on Dark, which they didn't need to book, and he didn't have his title with him. Which, if you've watched any other episode of Dark that he's been on, because that's where they put the black people, you would have seen that he always comes out with his title belt. So, conspicuously gone. Almost like they've already decided that belt's coming off of him at the next at the pay-per-view. Weird, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I, I wish them the best for this Death Before Dishonor show, but I can't imagine it's going to draw that much like buys. I don't even know how much it costs. It could be half the price of the normal ones, but I guarantee you I don't think it's going to do, like, good business. <laughs> well, it is... Let's see... It's from it's it's in your your country there, Lowell, Mass. Yep. And uh, at the Sangha Center. Yep. Okay. And this is like this is this is essentially the first time that they're like this is Tony Khan's ROH. Right. Like the last the last one was like the the farewell to it. So the card for that. And this takes place um, the 23rd, so it's coming up this Saturday. Mm-hmm. We're not doing a prediction thread on it, because fuck that. Right. But you have, for the ROH title, uh, Jonathan Gresham versus AEW's Claudio Castagnoli. You have, for the ROH television title, uh, AEW's Samoa Joe versus Jay Lethal. For the Pure Championship... AEW's Wheeler Utah versus AEW's Daniel Garcia. 
That should be it. And for the R Oh, I'm sure it'll be a good match, but like That's the thing. I would totally see this show live, but I would never pay like money to watch it like on TV, like on pay-per-view. We had, like it just that's, I mean cuz I would see it live cuz it's in Lowell. It's like a half hour from my house, but Sure. Yeah. Uh, Serena Dweeb uh, tries to win the uh, women's championship from Mercedes Martinez and then FTR versus the Briscoe Brothers for the ROH World Tag Team Championship they need to they need to define who's ROH and who's AEW they need to define it they need to have a a definitive brand split I don't care if you even fucking look you love doing special shows we're literally doing like the fucking MLB draft this week. Next week, just do a fucking ROH draft on Rampage, I would and just and just draft that. some guys for the roster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could pop some fucking people for that because I'd watch the shit out of that. Right. Not that it fucking matters, but I'd watch it. Yeah, especially if you keep it um, like separate, you know. Like, right. Um. Well, maybe 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 at some point. They do that, but it doesn't look like they're going to anytime soon. Uh, no, instead we're going to have people uh, like FTR and Serena Deeb, who have been AW for like years at this point. Uh, they're going to be featured heavily on this card. Right. So if you want to watch Death Before Dishonor, you will be able to stream it live um, on Bleacher Report as well as cable and satellite providers for just the low, low price of 40 bucks. Nah, see, nope. <laughs> if you are like Sal are and are in driving distance of the Chungus Center, you can buy tickets right now. And it looks like there are still quite a few. Um, the... Let's see here. There's some. It's like sixty-four dollars. Sixty-four dollars, dude. For I guess there's not really an upper deck. There's just kind of a deck. Yeah. But not floor seats are sixty-four dollars. Wait, what are floor the seats? Um. There's a section behind the, the ring behind the stage that says it's $33. Why is it so much to sit up in the fucking regular seats? Uh, if you want to go on like the corners of a thing, it's $49 and then the tickets are low as $33. Why is this like this? So, yeah, I mean, there's... To be you, honest, you can, $33 is not terrible. Right. And I might consider that maybe... Maybe. We'll see. Maybe. I mean, if it was like Damn 20 it. bucks, it would make way more sense, and then I would probably definitely do it. But Yeah. So how are ticket sales for Ring of Honor? Because just looking at that site, there seemed like there was a lot of tickets the left. Thing is, I'm sure ticket sales will be decent, but pay-per-view buys are not going to be. Like, people outside of this area don't really give a shit. No. No, they don't. And people don't really give a shit about ROH either because it's just a fucking glorified AEW house show. Yeah, exactly. So, I'm just popping over to WrestleTix right now. Looks like the uh, the uh, episode of Dynamite tomorrow still has 1,800 tickets available. 
So if you uh, are in the Duluth, Georgia area there, you can go ahead and get tickets to that. Um, let's see here. They don't really have like a good like a good way that they, they they don't put this in any kind of order. They just kind of fucking just throw the shit out there. I'm just trying to find the current tickets for ROH. There it is from the Chunga Center. Uh, they have sold 2,400 tickets. There's still 853 tickets left to sell. Kind of, kind of a bad sign that you can't sell out a 3,000 seat arena for a pay-per-view that has Claudio Castagnoli on it, who's your newest game changer. But I'm sure those tickets will be bought up by Tony Khan, and you know he'll roll them up and snort coke with them. <laughs> Or whatever he happens to do for it. That's true. So, yeah. Um, I don't know that I have anything else that uh, I can think of bringing up. Is there anything else that you have that you want to talk about? One thing from NXT. Uh, Cora Jade turned on her tag team partner, the NXT tag team champions, uh, Roxanne Perez. Uh, Cora attempted to hit Roxanne with the skateboard, but it kind of dissolved in her hand before she made impact. Don't buy the cheap props. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to remember, um, in, with something like that, to just lightly score it. <laughs> just, right. just lightly score it. Don't fucking dig a trench into the thing. <laughs> yeah, but and it, it also literally collapsed before she even hit, struck her with it. Like she, She swung it in the air. I know. And the error shattered it. <laughs> <laughs> Which sucks because that overshadowed how how good of a moment that that was. And it was it was a a warranted heel turn, you know? Because you look at it and like the way that they booked it was Roxanne was sort of taking Cora's uh shine away from her. It right. was just like, Oh, you came in and uh now you're now we're tag team champions, and now you're getting a world title shot. Like, you know. Now, of course, there's a question of what the fuck to do with the tag team titles because the two people that hold them don't like each other now. But, you know. Man, Sasha died for our sins because of, like, bad booking for <laughs> for that. I don't I don't want to lose my Roxanne Perez. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... That's a whole nother story. Ah. Anyway, anyway, no, no, that, that was it. Um, yeah, I just yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to be excited to see Cora Jade as a heel. I don't know if she can pull it off, but I guess we'll find out. Um, well, she kind of started as a heel in AEW. Um, she she did some heel work. Now it was like the weird tarot card thing, um, but you know it was it was what it was. So, but yeah. We'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, I think that that pretty much does it for us. So why don't you go ahead and uh, send us on home? Well, I guess that means uh, we will run you down next time. Bye-bye. Oh, my God, I forgot to play Bruno Cedex. Oops. I will insert it in. Yeah, just lead off with it. Yeah, I'll just lead off with it. 
or, I mean, or we if you want, but we also don't. you're the one editing, we could do a quick little bit right now where we're like, and now it's time to play Bruno's text. And you know what I mean? It would just you just throw it in the middle of the episode someplace. I'll, I'll go. I'll go ahead and record a little ditty for it. Okay. <laughs> I'll just. I'll stick it in naturally, and then we'll just like, kind of go on like we weren't talking about it. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. All right. Cool. I'm going to uh, say goodbye to Twitch here because my daughter is standing here wanting me to take her back to bed. So. <laughs> Uh, thank you all. Thank you, KT, and thank you for uh, Astro for joining us. Thanks, guys. And uh, we'll we'll see you next week. All right. Listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundown wrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling, and you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash the saleser effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production.